Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. And I, I know you watched the fight, Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul. Your boy Chad Johnson also got into the mix this weekend. But if you want to place a wager on that, the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball's in full swing as well. Bet online is the place to do it. Yeah, it was cool. What I did, like, I saw Floyd when he had his mask. He said bet online. So I guess Floyd part of the family, too, when it comes down to betting. <laughs> I love that, Ike. We're going to be breaking down our thoughts from the fight on today's episode of the Believing Steelers podcast. But first, visit the website betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch ahead, head over to BetOnline and start playing today. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Another edition of the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. IT, loaded show today. How are you doing this morning? Mark, Mark, I'm having a wonderful morning. Uh, I finally get my motorcycle back. I got an Indian Challenger 2020, and they wrapped it, so... After we get off this show, I'm going to go for this three-mile run. After I do this three-mile run, I'm going to put my biker gear on, go get my bike, and I'm going to ride a little bit. But first, let's talk a little football. I love that. On the motorcycle, like on the bike. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't wait to see you. I know you'll post some of that on your 100%. IG. On your IG. And we always leave that information in the show notes. But Ike, the Tennessee Titans getting Julio Jones there's times I talk too much, Ike. You know I'm long-winded. I talked myself out of this. The Titans were the first team I mentioned as a destination for Julio Jones. The big question I had with the Titans was, how do you replace the void left by Corey Davis, who's now on the Jets, Gianu Smith, the tight end, now on the Patriots? Well, let's just go out and get one of the best wide receivers in the game in Julio Jones. You pair him opposite A.J. Brown, and now you can – you know, have action on the outside, free things up in the middle of the field for King Henry. I, I talked myself into other possibilities, but it was Tennessee all along that lands Julio. No, you hit it on the head. You hit it on the head with Tennessee, but you got to understand King Henry been doing the two-piece, meaning the 2K yards before Julio. King Henry is the the personality to, to that team because of Mike Vrabel. Before Julio. So Julio just adds another dimension to that team. You know, you're looking at A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, I think, coming out of college, right, like a 4 3 9 at 230 something. If you look like, if you look at him, he's built like a tight end. You look at Julio Jones, who they call uh, a beast, an animal, somebody different, out of this world, kind of. You know, he's 230 some change. So they got two guys that play wide receiver, but they got tight end tight biters, <laughs> you know? So it's just good to have him on your team. It's just the personality of Mike Vrabel. 
He want big, physical guys who can play in the cold. And that's what he have. He have two big physical wide receivers in Julio. That's going to add another dimension. Julio, for the most part, has been an intermediate guy. You get him the ball early, he's going to break some tackles and make six-yard passes into 80-yard runs. Same thing with A.J. Brown. Now I'll put King Henry into effect. Man, it's going to be hard trying to just – who do I want to stop? So I can just imagine going into the game as a defensive coordinator, we're going to have to stop the run first. And we're going to have to live with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown just smoking us on the back end. Hopefully we got a good secondary that can at least try to contain them. Let me break down some numbers for you, Ike. What they're spending on Julio Jones would have been about the same amount had the Titans picked up Corey Davis's fifth-year option. So this is no knock on Corey Davis. I like him as a young receiver a lot sure. in this league. I just know what I'm getting with Julio Jones. Games with more than 250 receiving yards, there's 28 in NFL history. Julio Jones has three of them. And then I was looking at another stat, too, before the 2020 season because Julio had some injuries in 2020. Julio was graded in the top three among receivers of the past five seasons. And in that five-year span, Julio had 225 receptions that had at least 15 yards or more. That is 50 more than any receiver, Ike. So you talked about the cold weather receivers. They might say, wait a second, Ike, don't the Falcons play in a dome? They do. Remember, they went on a Super Bowl run just a few years ago, and Julio Jones was a key weapon in that Falcons offense as well. So you talk about among the most dominant receivers in the league, the Titans get that in Julio Jones. Yeah, it's going to be pick your poison. You know, I mean, A.J. AJ Brown is just like a Julio Jones. I mean, he said it himself before they even acquired Julio Jones. Like, he looked up to Julio Jones. He mimicked his game after Julio Jones. He just so happened to be a younger version of Julio Jones. Now, I'm going to feel played how we say in New Orleans when I feel disrespected, man, I feel played. A.J. Brown going to feel played if he's not getting double coverage. And I'm thinking, okay, after we try to stop King Henry, we're going to try to slow down Julio Jones and leave one-on-one matchups for A.J. Brown. And I think A.J. Brown going to feel some kind of well about that. Vice versa. It's going to be some kind of – it's going to be some games where A.J. Brown going to wind up getting dope and Julio Jones going to feel played because y'all single coverage of him because he's just used to being a man. So I feel sorry for a lot of not only defensive coordinators, but a lot of secondary guys once they get a hold of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. And you got King Henry sitting in that backfield. And you got and you have a quarterback who used to play receiver who can still run on wheels as well in Ryan Tannehill. Good luck to opposing defenses this season. <laughs> and the Steelers are one of them. December 19th, the Steelers host the Titans. So I can't wait to see how that matchup shakes out because the Steelers have had one of the best defenses in the league at least during the last two years. Certainly this last year, that defense was key to that 11-0 start to the 2020 season. Now, a couple of other thoughts I had with this Julio Jones news. So Virginia Tech rookie cornerback Caleb Farley was the Titans' first-round pick, and he might be the highest risk going into the draft among the first-round picks, just considering he had two back surgeries entering the league. If he can stay healthy now, Caleb Farley, like practice is going to be easy for him considering he's got to go up against Julio and A.J. Brown every single day in practice. When he finally gets to the games going against the two most elite receivers every single day in practice, 
Games are going to be easy for this guy. He can manage to stay on the field. It's no knock on his ability in terms of what he brings to the table in his athletic performance. The key for Farley is, can he stay healthy? And now he's going to be going up against two, I don't even want to say consummate pros, Ike, because that is an understatement for what A.J. Brown and Julio Jones bring to the table. I think Caleb Farley is one of the key benefactors in this trade with Julio going to Tennessee. Well, what the Tennessee Titans did when it came down to the draft with Caleb Farley was they asked Bet Online, we got a guy with high risk, and with the high risk comes high reward. So what should we do? And Bet Online told them, man, you need to go out and get this guy. You know, sometimes you're just going to have to gamble at that temperature. So it, it's, it's fun. I remember going against guys like Heinz Ward, Mike Wallace, Antonio Brownson, Antonio Brownson, Antonio Holmes, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I remember going Plexico Burris, Antoine Randall-L. I remember going against good guys like that. So when I did get in the game, I'm not going to say it was easy. I don't want to be disrespectful to wide receivers, but I felt like practice was harder, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. So that's the luxury that a young Caleb going to have when he goes into the Tennessee Titans on, on, on the field. He's going to have a Julio. He's going to have an A.J. And hopefully they're going to have a slot guy who's small enough who can give him some wiggle just to just to make it a complete package to up his game. So we'll see. But like I say, man, high risk, high reward. But I like that pick for the Tennessee Titans. Ike, I like how you're not going to leave any of your Steelers teammates out. And it's almost like, you know, what version of wine we want? What year do we want? And you just have to go year by year and look at the Steelers rosters. We know receiver position is one of the positions that Pittsburgh consistently drafts well. And so no doubt there, your former teammates made your life easier come Sundays because you're going up against the best of the best in practice every day. Now, another player who stands to benefit too, Falcons receiver Cal and Ridley, he's going to be a primary target for Matt Ryan in that Atlanta Falcons offense. Kyle Pitts, the rookie coming in, the tight end from Florida as well. I think both of them are going to get more touches now, now that Julio won't be there. Ike, you mentioned bet online too. Julio Jones' effect on, on the Super Bowl odds, the Titans went from 40 to 1 to 25 to 1. So they shifted up quite a bit in terms of Vegas now thinks with this move that they are possibly a Super Bowl contender. I think the market has moved a little bit too much. Julio Jones, 32 years old. I still think he has some gas left in the tank, but this is a massive deal, especially considering Ike. I always try to look at the force between the trees and the big picture. Again, the Titans going from 40 to one Super Bowl odds now to 25 to one to win the conference from 20 to one, the AFC now down to 12 to one. So you show it shows the impact that Julio Jones could make because now gamblers are saying this could be the move that helps take Tennessee over the top in the 2021 season. It's going to, it's going to all be on the defense. You know, that was kind of suspect in the playoffs last year. They always had an offense. They always had two receivers that looked like tight ends. They always had a, a running back that looked like a, a point guard sitting in the backfield. They always had a, a Ryan Tannehill who, who you had options with whether they was running the pass. And that's what they had. So, Scoring the ball wasn't an issue. You know, after the first year of Ryan Tannehill, he figured out what Mike Vrabel wanted him to do with that offense. And that's why he took off and been very successful when it came down completion percentages and everything else. But it's going to be on that defense. And if, if I'm betting, I'm going to bet online and I'm going to see if that defense can step their game up towards the end of the season, let alone getting into the playoffs. 
to put a bow tie on this, Ike, it comes down to what Bud Dupree is going to bring to the table from that defensive standpoint, working his way back from a season-ending injury a year ago because the Titans tried to do this a year ago. They brought in Jadavion Clowney, who went down with an injury of his own, was limited to, I believe, about nine games. He played about half the season. The Titans straight up cut Vic Beasley in the middle of the season, and those were the two edge rushers that Tennessee brought in. This was a Titans team that finished with only 19 sacks during the 2020 season. So you're exactly right. It's almost like Julio fills that void and might be an upgrade over Corey Davis and Gianu Smith, but it's still the same recipe for success. I'm with you there. It's really going to come down to the defense for Tennessee and to see what they can do in the 2021 season, if they're actually for real this upcoming season. So I'm with you there. For sure. Let's move on to Sunday night's fights, Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. And Ike, I know you're a huge boxing fan. What was just your initial take from, from the fights on Sunday night? Very disappointing. Very. I mean, Floyd, Floyd fights. Floyd fights are so defensive, so they would never be like entertaining. It it was just the science. It was it was the it was the defense Floyd brought to the table. It was his pinpoint accuracy he brought to the table. It was his the older he got, the more in shape he stayed, came to the table. But this was just, I mean, Floyd said it himself. He said, Man, I can't feed my kids legacy but I can feed my kids generational wealth. So, yeah, I retired from boxing, but I haven't retired from making money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I get I get what Floyd's saying. For Logan Paul, man, it's a it's something it's something not too many people can say. You know, he's the fifty first person, you know, live in action on TV that fought Floyd. You know, Floyd Floyd is, is fifty and oh with a with a perfect record. Uh, he's he's in, in talks of being one of the greats and a YouTuber, you know, since 2014 can be like, man, I actually fought him. Don't, don't mean doesn't mean if I win or not, I could just actually say, man, I fought one of the greatest boxers, one of the greatest entertainers worldwide uh, guy in the world a couple of days ago. So that's that's what I love about this point. That's what I love about America. Really, man, you can do whatever you want to do if you put your mind into it. Nothing is impossible over here. So you just got to go out and grab it. So for me, it was disappointing as a boxing fan. And I'm sure a lot of my boxing friends, they were saying the same thing after they saw it. Like, Floyd, man, I'll never do that again. You know, but at the same time, did Floyd just know how good of an entertainer he is. You know, he said he made $30 million off of just sponsorships with everything sitting on him before he even stepped into the ring. Ain't no telling what he's going to make. You know, with the pay per view, another thirty million. So we 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 shall see. So, you know, if you look at it, man, we talking about what twenty four minutes, thirty minutes, sixty million in thirty minutes. Only Floyd pulling things off like that. So I think Chad Ocho, my homeboy, he said the same thing too, man. He said he made a million dollars in eight minutes. <laughs> so that's that's what this entertainment is going to right now. So it was fun to see Chad out there, man. Just you know, he. Even though he got rocked, I ain't gonna say knocked out. The dude just caught him with like an overhand right. For for Ocho, for Chad Johnson to step in the ring, for me he won. And to and to present himself and to carry himself and to represent the football world, he already won. Not too many people can go in that ring 
um, from another sport. You know, this the guy he fought, he did bare knuckles. You know, he's a bare knuckle guy. So, yeah, you know, fight, fighting with gloves on, easy for him because he like fighting with them knuckles. And them knuckles, they're a little bit sharp when it comes down to them fist fights. You know what I'm saying, Mark? So that's what I liked about Chad, man. The fact that Chad even went into the ring for me, he just won in my mind. Like, that's a win, bro, because that's hard to do. At the age of 43 as well, so it's not like he's in his athletic prime anymore. And I was inspired, Ike. The fights itself, I didn't think were all that great. The fact that Chad Johnson got up and finished the fight after four rounds was inspiring to me. You mentioned Logan Paul. He only lands 13% of his punches compared to Floyd Mayweather's 40. But the fact that he went eight rounds with one of the best boxers of all time. I mean, when you talk about the greatest boxers of all time, you think of Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. Floyd Mayweather's in that conversation. So I do want to point out there's a huge weight difference. I mean, Mayweather, 155 pounds, Paul, 189 and a half you know, 190 and huge difference in age as well. Mayweather, 44 years old, Paul, 26. So I think that's important to understand. But I understand the fight itself wasn't all that great, but I can't remember being as excited as I was for a a weird sporting event like this. Like, I think that this, to me, it's like, I want to see unconventional matchups, whether it's the Alabama Crimson Tide playing the worst NFL team or the UConn women's team playing a men's college basketball team. Like, remember back in the day, the Super Bowl winner used to play a collection of college all-stars. This was way back in the day, decades ago. So any kind of these unconventional matchups, like I maybe would watch a Floyd Mayweather fight just because of who he is as a billion-dollar athlete, and I say billion with a B. But I actually found myself intrigued because I knew who both fighters were, and a lot of times it's Mayweather against you know whoever the next best boxer was back when he was still actively fighting. Remember, this was an exhibition match on Sunday. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just hard for me. They, they, they really did have a fight, though. It was Swift Heard and uh, Arrayus. And Arrayus, Swift Heard was the the favorite, and he wound up losing to Arreyes. Arreyes was one of the guys that he actually fights on the floor in TMT. So that, that was actually a good boxing match. That was the most entertaining boxing match out of the four, I would say. So, yeah, they had some boxers, but you have to you got to be a boxing fan to understand the boxing world. So I get what you're saying about two names, you know, two names being out there, two guys I've heard of. Uh, one guy is a billionaire, the other guy is a YouTuber who's making a lot of money and making a name for himself. So I, I get that part, but just as a boxing fan, man, I'm, I'm going to tell Floyd, man, go ahead and leave that thing alone. Don't need to do it. <laughs> Ike, is there anyone that you want to see your weird matchups? I know you get in the ring from time to time, but is there anyone you want to see at this level? I remember Nate Robinson fought in a match a few months back. I remember it was right. at some point, but who would you like to see get in the ring or someone that you know in the league that – puts the gloves on from time to time. Oh man. I would like to see uh one of the Paul brothers go with Kendall Gill. Kendall yeah. Gill yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. Player. Yep. Now he I think he's three and or four and oh like Kendall Gill really has hands. So I I would love I would love to see that. But he said he'd been calling them out and they haven't been responding. So I get it man. You see a grown man who's three and oh 
in, in boxing, even though he was a former basketball player. But, you know, if you understand the boxing world, they said the old man got hands. The older he get, the heavier his, the heavier his hands are. So they're going to stay away from that. But other than that, man, I'm just being a boxing fan. Um, I mean, I'm staying in shape from boxing. You know, so I get that part. I'm actually sparring from boxing, so I get that part as well. You know, if the opportunity to bring itself, I wish it might have would call me out and I step in the ring. I go out on represent. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You mentioned Kendall Gill, great analyst for the Chicago Bulls, played for the Bulls back in the day. Member of the Flying Illini back in the day, too. And uh, Ike, I, I wanted to bring up, I have a Floyd Mayweather story from okay. the summer of 2013. So okay. I was interning at ESPN Radio in Chicago. Now, people who are unfamiliar with downtown Chicago, there's two streets that a lot of people walk on. Number one right. is the Magnificent Mile, that's Michigan Avenue. Number right. two is State Street, which is where the ESPN studios are. They're right next to the ABC studios next door. Right across the street is the Chicago Theater. Now. The day before I was set to start my internship, I was supposed to come in the day Floyd Mayweather was in our studios to promote a September fight that he had in Las Vegas with Canelo Alvarez. So they tell me, Mark, come in the next day because we are going to be slammed when Floyd Mayweather comes in. Now, this is this portion's told from people I worked with that summer. Floyd Mayweather rolls up with his crew and his bodyguards. Three Cadillac Escalade SUVs roll up right in front of the studios on State Street and park their cars, park the Cadillac SUVs right in front of the studios. Ike, State Street and Michigan Avenue are not streets where you just park on because of the amount of traffic in down. And they just left them there for the whole interview. So Floyd comes into the studios and the radio host, his name's Mark Silverman, still on Waddle and Sylvie and ESPN radio in Chicago, still an afternoon radio show, even now nearly a decade later, says, money, how much is your wristwatch worth right now? And he says, oh, that's a cool million. And it's just like, man, how much would that garner for the whole salary of so many people that worked at ESPN Radio that summer? But I'll always remember that because the day I was set to start my internship that summer in ESPN Radio got bumped back a day by Floyd Mayweather when he came in. And the fact that he parked it like I can't tell you how many times I've been on State Street in Chicago. The fact that they just parked the Cadillac Escalades there is just like next level. It's like, go ahead and tow us. We don't even care. We'll pay for it if that's what you decide to do. It was one of the most alpha things I've ever seen in my life. Once Pretty Boy Floyd went to Money Mayweather, it was a wrap. All he'd been about was his green. So, you know, when you ask your kids to 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 eat foods and they, they don't want to eat their vegetables, they need to look at Floyd because every time you put a plate down, man, that's all he got on his goddamn plate is vegetables, green all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mentioned the billion-dollar athletes. Floyd Mayweather is one of them. He's in the likes, same era as Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. Ronaldo might be there. LeBron James is there. And maybe Zion Williamson one day. And again, we're talking about billions of dollars, not just millions of dollars. It's next level wealth when you're talking about Floyd Mayweather. But I'll always remember that when he came into our studios and it was just like, I, I wish I could have been there in all honesty, because I know it would have just been an absolute spectacle. 
that's just like me and James Harrison, man, doing OTAs. We parked our motorbikes right in front of the facility, right at the door. <laughs> and Paul Paul Rooney, Paul Paul Rooney ain't say nothing. He was like, "Y'all riding today?" He was like, "Yes, sir." That that was that was that was just it. Now that was our first and last time doing that. I will tell you that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the fact the fact that we did it, man, it, it's just that's that's what it was, man. Who parks their motorcycle right by the door at the facility for the NFL, man? Like, don't nobody do that. That's what me and Debo did. I still remember that to this day. I said, man, we did some G stuff. So that that was that was that was cool. That was cool for me. Ike, I'll roll out the red carpet treatment for you. Yeah, I appreciate you, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just good looking out. That's just good looking out. All right. We will move on to Taylor Talk. Ike, it's Tuesday. We haven't done this in a while. And I've got two questions I want to ask you before we hop off here. I saw a video resurface on social media right now. It's the off season. It's slow. A lot of teams will post, what's the first thing you think of when they post the team's logo? And I always think of your player's intro when you say Ike Taylor swagging, or you say Ike Taylor swagging you. How did you get the idea to do that? Man, it just it just came to me off the top. I remember I remember when I so you do it you do it before the season. And in the offseason, that's why I was going into the offseason. That was my first year starting. And I said, man, Ike Taylor swagging you. And it was like, what university is that? I said, man, it's mine. <laughs> and, that, and that's what I'm going with. So Wayne, Wayne about to change nothing. But didn't you go to Louisiana Lafayette? Shout out to Louisiana Lafayette. Um, I said, yeah, but this the university that I went to before anything else. It was Ike Taylor swagging you. And uh, Al Michaels, man, every time I used to go into the meetings with Al Michaels and company, man, Al used to love when I say that. He was like, that's the first, that's so unique. I've been doing this for years and nobody never came up with something like that. And I just used to tell him all the time, tell Mr. Al all the time, man, I appreciate that. That was just, that's that was right off the top of the dome. No thinking, no nothing, Mark. Well, clearly the branding worked out because you're still beloved all these years later. And anytime that gets posted to social media, people are like, I loved when Ike used to do this. You were the OG because... I, on Comedy Central, Key and Peel has now done like a parody of this where right. they've done multiple sketches about just goofy player intros where they'll like impersonate someone who's like almost like a country bumpkin. They'll impersonate and like they've got all of these different hilarious pronunciations and where this, you know, fake player went to school. So you were like the origin for this. Like, I'm going to give you credit here. Man, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but to pat myself on the back. But since you brought it up, man, I go, I'm going to go on and do that for myself. You know the key and peel sketches I'm talking about, though, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Um, the only other thing I wanted to ask you today on today's show, Ike, it's the off season. My creative juices get flowing. I started to just write down ideas when I get them. OTA's underway, mini camp's almost here, training camp is still several weeks away, but mm. what's like the best prank you pulled on a teammate? Oh, man. Stole this car. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't say who, and this was doing training camp. So, you know, in training camp, them boys love their cars in training camp. Because mm. training camp, you're really showing off the newest car you got. Like you, the guys who just got paid, 
they going in, they showing off the newest car they didn't got. What's up, Al? That's what you pulling up a training camp in. And uh, yeah, I took one of my teammates' cars, but the crazy thing about it was I had that car for like four days, so he really thought it was stolen. <laughs> like I went over, I went overboard with the prank. I almost lost my relationship with my teammate because <laughs> I, I had the car for four days. But yeah, man, I, uh, he, w- he was staying next door to Troy and I took his keys, took his keys, man, took his keys, stole his car. Everybody knew, but ain't nobody say nothing. So I took his keys and I, I ain't going to say stole, I borrowed his car for for four days. So um, after the fifth day and after the sixth, seventh practice, you know, that call was still on his mind. He wasn't having a good practice, so I gave it back to him. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that that's that 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 was probably the worst the worst thing. Yeah, that was probably the worst thing I done. Did your teammate file a police report or consider filing a police report? Yeah, so one of the one of the guys, you know, you know, Jack Kearney, he's in charge of all that. He told Jack. You know, but Jack, me, me and Jack are just like close ties guys. So Jack already knew the whole situation. And, you know, Jack told him, man, we're going to do the police report and all that good stuff. But the re- police report was to Jack and I was the chief. <laughs> <laughs> Did they set up a fake call with you? That Like, what, what do you mean by that where you were the chief? No, uh, in, in terms of I orchestrated all of this. So, yeah, you're going to the police officer, but the police officer just so have just so happens to come to me. And at the time of this prank, I'm the chief of it. So gotcha, everything gotcha. is getting reported to me. What was his reaction where on the fifth day he's struggling in practice and you're just like, hey, man, let me tell you, like, what was his reaction when you finally said it's like I'm the one who I'll say borrowed your car in air quotes? Oh, he wanted to fight me. So bad, but it, it was it was a brotherly fight, like because yeah. you know it's, it's just like out of the blue, like I wouldn't do nothing like this, like <laughs> this 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 ain't this ain't I, he don't even play like that. So I did though, but after he he started to slip in practice, and I was like, oh, he's slipping because he's thinking about this goddamn car. So let me get a man. Matter of fact, it was a Rolls Royce, so that I get it. So is this in Pittsburgh or Latrobe during Latrobe. training camp? Latrobe. So you're just rolling around the trobe with uh with the Rolls Royce car. Yeah, but I, I hit it I hit it from him. So I had my car. I I parked his car. When I when I left, I used his car. <laughs> it was it was crazy. It was crazy. It was sad. But yeah, after about his sixth pra- practice, because we was doing two days. After about his sixth practice, I said, man, let me get his man car back. Because he, he ain't worrying about football right now. He worrying about that damn car. Wow. Okay, yeah. The only thing that this reminds me of, I had a buddy who got towed, and he thought his car was stolen. And it's like, no, man, your car got towed. So while he's on the phone company to try to report his car stolen, he's sweating so much, he fried his phone because <laughs> so much sweat's dripping off his face. So he breaks his phone. Then, because he's being so loud and he's so mad that his car is gone, he gets a noise complaint as well. But he eventually found out, hey, your car wasn't stolen. It was just towed. You were parked illegally. But that's what that reminds me of. Yeah, I'd rather my car be towed than stolen any day. 100%. For sure. For sure. And 
I have knock on wood. I haven't had a car stolen. I've had a car towed once. And when you're a broke college kid, that is not fun. I learned my lesson <laughs> once no. and I'm just like, never again. Hell no, I agree with that. Uh, Ike, as we begin to wrap up on today's show, uh, want to just say, you know, rest in peace to former Giants head coach Jim Fossil. Uh, he died on Monday night of a heart attack. Uh, the NFL's coach of the year in 1997 took the Giants to a Super Bowl, lost to the Ravens as well in January of 2001, but just wanted to you know provide our condolences to Fossil and all the players he coached, his family, and just to the, the community and the people that know him. Yes, yeah, I mean, once you're part of the NFL, you're just part of a brotherhood. So, you know, RIP to coach. You know, Jim Fossil and his family. Uh, I, like you said, our condolences to him and his family. Um, wishing him and his family the best physically and emotionally. But, yeah, man, it's just it's just tough losing people, you know. But you come in and go out, and that's, and that's, just, and that's just the reality of it. It just hurts when you hear somebody have died, you know. So when somebody is born, we're happy. You know, when somebody dies, like, damn, you know what I'm saying? So. Just, just you know, my prayers, our prayers to, to, to the Fossil family. On a brighter note, Ike, I want to give a shout out to you, to the Believe Podcast Network, the people over at Brinks TV. That includes John Brinkus and our producer, Courtney Vargas, to the folks over at betonline.ag. We're going to keep rocking out here on the Believe in Steelers podcast all throughout the offseason, but I always love chopping it up week in and week out with you, Ike. All the shout outs, Marky Mark just said, I second that. (laughs) You make it easy on me, Ike. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Go leave us a five-star review, rate, review, and subscribe on all the different streaming and podcast platforms. We'll see you next week. Take care and so long, everyone. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.